Hello, listeners. Buckle up for a new episode of Voice Over Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? Today is July 2nd, 2022. Information is the most precious asset these days, according to Albert Rutherford in his new book, Lessons from Systems Thinkers. He continues, Evaluating information correctly is almost priceless. System thinkers are some of the best in collecting and assessing data, as well as creating impactful solutions in any context. In this book, Lessons from Systems Thinkers by Albert Rutherford, he answers the question, how did the field of systems thinking develop and who were the pioneers in the field? Thanks for joining us today for the chapter-by-chapter -chapter preview of Albert Rutherford's Lessons from Systems Thinkers. Norbert Wiener Norbert Wiener was an American mathematician who attained renown due to formulating some of the most significant contributions to mathematics in the 20th century. His expansion of the field led to the development of cybernetics, which examines the interaction of feedback loops and behavior. Born on November 26, 1894, in Columbia, Missouri, he showed a gift for mathematics early and graduated from high school at the age of 11. He then attended Tufts College and graduated with a B.A. in mathematics in 1909 at the age of 14. After spending a year at Harvard as a graduate student in zoology, he realized laboratory work was not his forte and transferred to a graduate degree in philosophy. At 17, he graduated from Cornell with his graduate degree and returned to Harvard to pursue a Ph.D., he earned his degree at the age of 19 after successfully defending his dissertation on mathematical logic. He traveled first to England to study mathematical logic at the University of Cambridge and then to the University of Göttingen in Germany to study differential equations, both on a grant from Harvard. He published his first paper in the mathematical journal Messenger of Mathematics at Cambridge in 1913. During World War I, he could not enlist due to his poor eyesight. He tried a variety of jobs over the following five years, including being a teacher at the University of Maine, a writer for an encyclopedia, an apprentice engineer for General Electric, a journalist for the Boston Herald, and a mathematician in the Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland. In 1919, he was hired as an instructor for the mathematics department, at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, around the time it started building towards being a center for enhanced learning in science and technology. He remained at MIT on the faculty until his retirement. During the 1920s, he was involved with work on what is now referred to as stochastic processes and the theory of Brownian motion and generalized harmonic analysis. During World War II, Wiener worked on issues surrounding aiming guns at a moving target. This experience led to the creation of extrapolation, interpolation, and smoothing of stationary time series, first appearing as a classified report. Wiener became a co-discoverer of the theory of prediction of stationary time series. This work also allowed him to develop the concept of cybernetics and the Wiener filter. 
Wiener published his book Cybernetics, or Control and Communication in the Animal and the Machine, in 1948. His popular scientific book helped him become renowned in the scientific community. Wiener continued working at cybernetics and philosophized about it all his life while maintaining research projects in other areas of mathematics. After the war, he continued to contribute new ideas to various subjects, including mathematical prediction theory and quantum theory, showing how the latter is consistent with other branches of science by applying his theoretical description of Brownian motion to quantum phenomena. Wiener wrote many works throughout his life. These include The Human Use of Human Beings, published in 1954, and God and Gollum, Inc., a comment on certain points where cybernetics impinges on religion, published in 1964, and two volumes. Warren McCulloch Don't bite my finger. Look where I'm pointing. Warren McCulloch, quoted by Seymour Pampert. Warren McCulloch had many identities in his scientific life, including philosopher, poet, neurologist, neurophysiologist, neuropsychiatrist, collaborator, theorist, cybernetician, mentor, and engineer. While Wiener coined the term cybernetics, Warren McCulloch organized and chaired the Macy Conferences, published the first logical model of the mind, and supported and mentored the upcoming key figures in cybernetics. Yet, many people who followed in his legacy did not even know his name, as if he has faded from view. McCulloch was born on November 16, 1898, in Orange, New Jersey. McCulloch studied at Yale, where he received a B.A. in philosophy and psychology in 1921, a Master of Arts in Psychology in 1927 from Columbia, and an M.D. from New York's College of Physicians and Surgeons in 1927. After graduating, McCulloch began research in experimental neurology and examined areas of the brain involved with epileptic seizures. He then spent several years working at Bellevue Hospital in Manhattan and at the Rockland State Hospital for the Insane before returning to Yale in 1934. There, he worked in a neurophysiology laboratory evaluating the brain's functional organization. From 1935 until 1941, McCulloch worked stints at Yale, first as a Sterling Fellow, then an instructor, and finally as an assistant professor. In 1941, he relocated to the University of Illinois College of Medicine, and worked there for the next seven years. During this time, he formed collaborations to examine the relations between epilepsy and schizophrenia, researching the mechanisms behind insulin shock therapy as a treatment for schizophrenia, based on the incorrect belief people with the diagnosis never developed epilepsy. In 1943, he co-authored his most famous paper, A Logical Calculus imminent in nervous activity. He also collaborated on the logic of the central nervous system, presenting a hypothetical model in 1947 of the functional relations between neurons that achieved recognition of universal forms. In 1952, he said goodbye to Illinois and went to work at MIT, spending the rest of his life 
examining the brain function within the framework of information processing. In 1964, he was declared an honorary founder and first elected president of the American Society for Cybernetics in recognition of his foundational work in the field and chairing the Macy Conferences. He died in Cambridge, Massachusetts in 1969. Why is McCulloch important in systems thinking? During McCulloch's time as a research psychiatrist in the 1940s, he became an important figure of the American cybernetics movement. His form of cybernetics used logic and mathematics to develop models of neural networks, describing the function of the mind as part of the working brain. As mentioned, he collaborated in 1947 with Walter Pitts on the hypothetical model of the functional relations between neurons, such as the perception of the form Gregory Bateson. Gregory Bateson was an anthropologist, linguist, philosopher, and social scientist. He made significant contributions to different sciences, including anthropology, psychiatry, and the new interdisciplinary field of cognitive science, which he helped pioneer. Furthermore, he utilized systems theory in social sciences. This mix led to the identification of the paradox of the double bind. I'll describe this shortly. Overall, Bateson developed a new way of thinking in terms of relationships, connections, patterns, and context. He was born on May 9, 1904, in Grantchester, England. He began his studies at the Charterhouse School and then received his bachelor's in biology from St. John's College. He continued his studies at St. John's at Cambridge. In 1929, he decided to get as far away from Mother England as possible, accepting a linguistics teacher position in Australia at the University of Sydney. Bateson was fascinated with the work of Charles Darwin. He pursued his passion in anthropology, repeating the fieldwork Darwin completed a hundred years prior. Despite his adventures, he didn't stay with the Aussies for long. In 1931, he returned to Cambridge University as a fellow. A curiosity in Bateson's life is his marriage to a renowned anthropologist and systems thinker, Margaret Mead, in 1936. She has her own chapter in this book. The couple stayed together for 14 years, contributing and influencing each other's work. The Double Bind The concept for which Bateson is most well known is the paradox of the double bind. This concept presented a dilemma while he researched schizophrenia with his colleagues. What is a double bind? It happens when an individual experiences conflicting emotional, verbal, or physical messages. People with emotional impairment had trouble processing the conflicting signals they were receiving from the external world and from within. Later, Bateson and his team defined that the double bind can be a tool for thought control. People can communicate assumptions not only verbally, but also using intonation, gestures, or eye contact. Those who experience intimidation due to double bind can feel trapped in uncomfortable situations where they're expected to do things that may result in a positive or negative outcome. An example of this can be seen in an abused individual who is told they are loved 
while being informed they will no longer be loved if they tell anyone about the abuse. The double bind can be utilized as a coercion and control technique in relationships, with one party gaining power over the other. This can elicit feelings of fear and powerlessness and the denial of a part of reality in the controlled party. Initially, Bateson utilized the framework for the double bind to understand people suffering from schizophrenia. As his theory progressed, he broadened this concept, creating a systems approach, applying the double bind in family therapy. The major criticism of Bateson's double bind approach to schizophrenia was that it put an unfair blame on the parents for their child's mental condition. Schizophrenia is a physical disorder of the brain that is hard to be prevented by parenting. Why is he important in systems thinking? Bateson was an original thinker who crossed multiple disciplines. W. Edwards Deming Born on October 14, 1900 in Sioux City, Iowa, W. Edwards Deming came from a modest background. His family needed to be frugal and didn't have much to waste. Thus, Deming grew to be an adult with a keen sense of good wealth management. Despite humble beginnings, Deming was quite studious, earning an engineering degree at the University of Wyoming in 1921 and a master's in mathematics and physics from the University of Colorado in 1924. After being awarded a doctorate in mathematical physics from Yale University in 1928, he spent the next 10 years lecturing and writing in mathematics, physics, and statistics, and working as a mathematical physicist at the United States Department of Agriculture from 1927 to 1939. Afterward, he worked as a statistical advisor for the U.S. Census Bureau from 1939 to 1945, then as a business consultant and a professor of statistics at New York University's Graduate School of Business Administration from 1946 until his death in 1993. He was also appointed as a Distinguished Professor in Management at Columbia University in 1986. Deming became interested in statistical analysis in the 1930s. He wanted to improve methodologies used to achieve better quality control in compiling and comprehending the life of product defects, their identification, and the analysis of root causes. After the defects were corrected, he monitored the results to determine the effects of those corrections on subsequent product quality. In 1950, he was invited to Japan to teach executives and engineers his techniques. As a result, many Japanese companies committed to Deming's quality control methods, allowing them to dominate areas of the world market throughout the world. Japanese quality was renowned before the training, but especially ever since. American corporations were relatively late adopters of Deming's methods, embracing them in the 1980s. Deming is the author of several books and roughly 170 papers. Some examples include Quality, Productivity, and Competitive Position, published in 1982, Out of the Crisis, posted in 1986, and The New Economics, published in 1993. He also offered four-day seminars that had an attendance of around 10,000 people per year for over 10 years. 
He received many awards and recognitions throughout his life due to his many contributions worldwide. These include the annual Deming Prize, which Japanese manufacturers created in his honor. He was also decorated with the Second Order Medal of the Sacred Treasure in May 1960 by the Emperor of Japan. In 1986, he was elected to the National Academy of Engineering and the Science Technology Hall of Fame in Dayton. He was also awarded the Distinguished Career in Science from the National Academy of Sciences in 1988. Why is he important in systems thinking? Deming's ideas on quality stem from the recognition of the importance of variation. In a quote from Out of the Crisis, he indicates, The central problem in management and in leadership is failure to understand the information in variation. Deming. Systems throughout the world have variation, at least in their elements. However, Deming believed it was important for managers... Margaret Mead A small group of thoughtful people could change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Margaret Mead Margaret Mead was an American cultural anthropologist and writer, born on December 16, 1901, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Her parents were social scientists who valued education and social issues. Their principles influenced young Meade and offered direction in later life and career. She grew up in the progressive era when reformers trusted that social problems could be addressed with the application of social sciences. This resulted in criticism in her later years due to her belief that traditional cultures should adopt Western ways to allow their society to progress. In her earlier years, she and her siblings were encouraged to spend more time out of the house learning outdoors and experiencing practical lessons in natural history and botany. Her paternal grandmother, a widowed schoolteacher who lived with Mead's family, played an active role in the children's education and believed it was harmful to children to be indoors for long periods of time. When Mead's two younger sisters were born, her grandmother also encouraged her to take notes on their behaviors while they were babies. This allowed her to witness the differences in temperament that developed between the two girls. Mead's upbringing promoted her to develop as a keen observer of the world around her, starting in her early years. Mead began her educational career at DePaul University in 1919, but after a disappointing experience, she transferred to Barnard College the following year. There, she began a degree in English, but later switched to psychology. She started taking classes in anthropology. This is where she met Franz Boas and his teaching assistant, Ruth Benedict, the former being often referred to as the father of modern American anthropology. As Mead explored primitive cultures in her classes, she observed their potential avenue for exploring an important question in American life, how much of human behavior is universal, therefore natural and unaltered, and how much of it is socially induced? Answers to these questions could have important social consequences, especially in terms of gender roles and among those who deem women to be inferior to men. Mead's work with Boas and Benedict influenced her to become an anthropologist. Boas was tasked with documenting cultures before they disappeared following contact with the modern world, called 
salvage anthropology, which fueled Meade's interest in the field. Benedict also became Meade's mentor and long-term colleague, encouraging her to focus on anthropology and all she could offer in the field. She later received her M.A. in 1924 and her Ph.D. in 1929 at Columbia University. Her doctoral dissertation was a study of the relative stability in certain elements of culture, focusing on canoe building, house building, and tattooing in five Polynesia cultures, including Samoa. Her basic study was completed in 1925 before traveling to Samoa. She had many expeditions to Samoa and New Guinea, exploring the adaptability of human nature and the variability of social customs. Her first book was published in 1928, titled Coming of Age in Samoa, where she described the easy transition of Samoan children into the sexuality and work of adulthood and how this contrasted with the restrictions on sexual behavior and separation. Carl Ludwig von Bartolfini Carl Ludwig von Bartolfini was an Austrian biologist born on September 19, 1901. He's known as one of the founders of General Systems Theory, GST. Von Bartolanfi grew up in Otzgerdorf, a little village near Vienna, Austria. He was homeschooled until he was 10 years old, educated by private tutors. Thus, he was versed in self-studying by the time he went to a regular school, being able to keep up with the lectures. The famous biologist Paul Kammerer lived in von Balterlanfi's neighborhood and became his mentor at a young age. He began university-level studies in philosophy and art history in 1918, first at the University of Innsbruck and later at the University of Vienna. He got to a point where he had to decide whether to continue his studies in philosophy or move to biology. Young von Balterlanfi chose biology, saying, one can become a philosopher later, but not a biologist. In the 1920s, biology was still considered an experimental science. This didn't deter von Baltolanfi. In fact, he developed much-needed quantitative models for theoretical biology. He was an early supporter of the organismic conception of biology and focused on the whole system of organisms. He was also involved with experimenting on the diagnosis of cancer by using cellular screening. In 1934, von Bertolanfi was appointed private docent of the University of Vienna, an academic title given to people with formal qualifications that prove the ability and grant the permission to teach a given subject at the highest level, yet gives little compensation. Von Bertolanfi's wife, Maria, whom he met in April 1924, devoted her life to von Bartolanffy's career. She worked both for him and with him in his career after they moved to Canada and compiled two of his last works after his death. Their one son would also follow in his father's footsteps by entering the field of cancer research as his profession. Why is von Bartolanffy important in systems thinking? General system theory, therefore, is a general science of wholeness. The meaning of the somewhat mystical expression, the whole is more than the sum of its parts, is simply the constitutive characteristics are not explainable from the characteristics of the isolated parts. 
The characteristics of the complex, therefore, appear as new or emergent. Ludwig von Bertalanffy General Systems Theory, GST, is one of von Bertalanffy's biggest contributions to the world. It is an interdisciplinary practice that describes systems with interacting elements. He attempted to give alternative options to conventional models of organization. In his GST, von Bartolanffy emphasizes holism and organisms over reductionism or atomism. The latter two theories characterized American behaviorism and orthodox psychoanalysis. Reoccurring themes in von Bertolanffy's works highlight the importance of the system as a whole and the idea that what distinguishes a system from a collection of parts is that the system has a form of organization of its parts. Organismic biology looked at biological processes as explainable elements with the help of J.W. Forrester. The pioneering days in digital computers were exciting times. Computer development was part of the last hundred years of technological discovery. However, the major challenges facing society will not be solved by still more technology. The next hundred years will be the age of social and economic discovery. The field of system dynamics, with which I've been associated since 1956, has pioneered in understanding how organizational structures and decision-making policies interact to produce desirable and undesirable behavior in physical, biological, environmental, business, and social systems. I see this next frontier in social systems as far more exciting and important than was the technological frontier. J. Forrester J. Wright Forrester was born in the United States on July 14, 1918, in Anselmo. He was a pioneering electrical engineer and systems scientist from the U.S., credited with inventing magnetic core memory. This technological feat is the most extensively used type of random access computer memory that can be found in most modern digital computers. It was one of many similar devices that employed material magnetic properties to bridge the gap between vacuum tubes and semiconductors, allowing switching and amplification between the two devices. He's credited with developing the world's first computer graphics animation, a bouncing ball on an oscilloscope. He also contributed to developing the field of systems dynamics and oversaw the construction of the world's first general-purpose computer, which was named after him. Forrester developed an early interest in electrical systems while growing up on a cattle ranch, and he spent his spare time tinkering with batteries and telegraphs. During his senior year of high school, he delivered electricity to his father's farmhouse for the first time, using a wind-powered 12-volt electric system he made from recycled vehicle components. He had been granted a scholarship to attend an agricultural university, but he chose to follow his passion of becoming an engineer at the University of Nebraska. He got a grasp of complex system behavior while studying theoretical dynamics in electrical engineering. In 1949, he was inducted into the Eta Kappa Nu HKN Honors Organization, which is dedicated to electrical and computer engineering, 
after receiving his Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering degree in 1939. He enrolled in graduate school at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, as soon as he finished college, and worked there until he retired in 1989. He became a research assistant at the Servo Mechanism Laboratory with a small salary. There, he met and worked with Gordon S. Brown, an early developer of automatic feedback control systems and machine tool numerical control, who expanded Forrester's knowledge of the field. During World War II, Brown and Forrester worked together to develop servo mechanisms for regulating radar antennas and gun placements. Forrester was exposed to the first-hand transformation of research and theory into practice. Following World War II, Forrester developed and improved several electrical products thanks to servo mechanisms. These mechanical tools controlled the behavior of bigger systems using feedback. From 1949 to 1951, he was Peter M. Senge. Peter Michael Senge was born in Stanford, California in 1947. He's a senior lecturer at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and a renowned systems scientist. He's the founder and chair of the Society for Organizational Learning, SOL, a global network of companies, academics, and consultants dedicated to the interdependent development of people and their institutions. He's also a co-founder and board member of the Academy for Systems, a nonprofit that assists leaders in developing their capacity to lead in complex social systems that promote biological, social, and economic well-being. This organization is dedicated to developing tools, processes, and approaches for awareness-based systems thinking. Stanford University awarded Senge a Bachelor of Science in Aerospace Engineering. During his time at Stanford, he also studied philosophy. As a student, he became interested in population growth, which led him to explore the world's current key issues such as overcrowding, hunger, and the environment. Later, he went on to MIT, where he received a Master of Science in Social Systems Modeling in 1972, followed by a Ph.D. in Management from the MIT Sloan School of Management in 1978. After receiving his degree, Senge worked as an engineer in training for John H. Hopkins. Michael Peters and Robert Fritz, both composers and researchers, supported him and he closely followed their work. He obtained practical experience with firms such as Ford, Chrysler, Shell, AT&T, Hanover Insurance, and Harley-Davidson in the 1970s and 1980s, basing his works on pioneering work with the five disciplines about which he later wrote his groundbreaking book. He continued his studies at MIT while working as an engineer. Senge's first revolutionary book, The Fifth Discipline, The Art and Practice of the Learning Organization, was published in 1990. As a result, he became well-known in organizational development. He developed the phrase, learning organization, which refers to a business that encourages its personnel to learn and evolve. Learning organizations may emerge because of the demands that modern businesses face, allowing them to remain competitive in the marketplace. According to Senge, most businesses that can adjust quickly and efficiently will thrive in their field or market. Two requirements must be met at all times for a corporation to be considered a learning organization. The first is the ability to create the organization to match the expected results. 
The second is the skill to see when the organization's initial course deviates from the planned results and then rectify this deviation. A learning organization is one in which people continually expand their capacity to create the results they truly desire, where new and expansive patterns of thinking are nurtured, where collective aspiration is set free, and where people are continually learning how to learn together. His debut book, The Fifth Discipline, was named by the Harvard Business Review one of the important management books of the last 75 years, and the Financial Times named it one of the five most essential management books in 1997. Senge was also named Strategist of the Century by the Journal of Business Strategy, being one of few who had the greatest impact on the way we conduct business today. He was recently named to China's 1,000 Talents Initiative, which aims to help China become a leader in systemic change to benefit China and the rest of the world. The fifth discipline gives ideas and methods. Professor Russell L. Ackoff Russell L. Ackoff was born in the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on February 12, 1919. He received a bachelor's degree in architecture from the University of Pennsylvania in 1941, and after graduation, he worked as an assistant professor of philosophy at Penn for a year. He was a member of the United States Army, stationed in the Philippine Islands, from 1942 until 1946. Before attending Officer Candidate School, he served in the United States Army's 4th Armored Division. After returning home, he enrolled at the University of Pennsylvania, where he earned a Ph.D. in philosophy of science in 1947. Professor Akoff was an assistant professor of philosophy and mathematics at Wayne State University from 1947 until 1951. Akoff has received multiple honorary doctorates from 1967 until the present. Akoff and a group of colleagues were invited to join the Case Institute of Technology School of Engineering in Cleveland, which is now part of Case Western Reserve University, in 1951. They worked together to build one of the world's first operations research departments, where he was an associate professor and later a professor of operations research. In honor of his achievements, Akoff is now known as the father of operations research. Akoff was one of the founders of the Operations Research Society of America, ORSA, and served as its fifth president from 1956 until 1975. In 1987, he was elected president of the International Society for System Sciences, ISSS. He also collaborated with colleagues Churchman and Leonard Arnoff on the first textbook in the discipline, Introduction to Operations Research, which was published in 1957 and is still in print today. Akoff was a professor of systems sciences and management sciences at Wharton School at Penn for most of his stay there. His work was not limited to a single style, and he was concerned with ethical and social issues throughout his career. Because the mathematical technique employed in operations research became more precisely defined, Akoff coined the term social systems science to designate the study of social systems. While distancing himself from operations research in the 1970s, he became one of the most prominent critics of technique-dominated operations research, and advocated for more participatory approaches to problem-solving. Wharton's Social Systems Sciences program was well known for combining theory and practice, 
breaking down academic boundaries, and encouraging students to think and act independently. His disillusionment with operations research guided Akoff to systems thinking. Professor Russell L. Akoff was well-versed in many areas of study, including architecture, philosophy, city planning, behavior science, organizational operations, and systems thinking, to name a few. He spent the most of his working life attempting to overcome several social and organizational problems through collaboration with all parties concerned. Akoff was the first Ph.D. student of C. West Churchman's, a philosopher and systems scientist from the United States. Both Churchman and Akoff championed experimentalism, a philosophical approach described by philosopher Edgar A. Singer, Jr., that contends that the only way to uncover the truth is through experiments and empiricism. He put experimentalism into action by founding Institutes of Experimental Method dedicated to applying philosophical assumptions about man's nature to the Peter B. Checkland. Peter Checkland was born in Birmingham, United Kingdom, on December 18, 1930. One of his greatest contributions to systems thinking is the development of the Soft Systems Methodology, SSM, based on a holistic approach to thinking and practicing in soft systems environments. According to the philosophy, real-world problems can be solved by employing solutions that are both systemically desirable and culturally acceptable. He was educated at George Dixon's Grammar School and after national service at St. John's College, Oxford, where he earned a Master of Arts degree in 1954 with first-class honors in chemistry. His first position was as an assistant professor of systems engineering at Lancaster University. The department offered one-year master's degrees in which students applied systems concepts in a real-world setting. During the next 30 years, he collaborated with colleagues and master's students on an action research program, a concept and method of study common in the social sciences. It promotes revolutionary change by allowing individuals to act and observe, with critical reflection acting as a bridge between the two. Checklin wrote more than a dozen articles and four books, the first of which was published in 1981, titled Systems Thinking, Systems Practice. All these document his contributions to the evolution of SSM. His third book, Information Systems and Information Systems, was co-authored with Sue Hallwell, a British novelist, and published in 1998. He also served on the editorial boards of several journals, including the European Journal of Information Systems, the International Journal of Information Management, the International Journal of General Systems, the International Journal of General Systems Practice, and the Systems Research Journal. Checklin was elected president of the Society for General Systems Research, now known as the International Society for the Systems Sciences, when it was founded in 1986. As a result of his work, Checklin has received several honors, four honorary doctorates from City University, the Beale Medal of the Operational Research Society in 2007 for his significant contribution to the philosophy, theory, and practice of operational research, the Gold Medal of the UK Systems Society, and the Pioneer Award of the International Systems Society. Aside from that, he was one of the Omega Alpha Society's first four fellows. Checklin's Contribution to Systems Thinking 
Checklin has had a significant impact on systems thinking, particularly in management and information technology. His most significant contributions include the development of SSM and the introduction of other critical conceptual advances, such as the distinction between hard and soft systems thinking and his promotion of the soft approach. Soft systems methodology, SSM, was a new technique for dealing with issues where repeated interventions prove useless to solve the problem. SSM is a type of systems thinking methodology developed to learn about real-world scenarios. It's now widely used, being at the heart of the paradigm shift from hard systems thinking towards soft systems thinking. The need for a soft system method arose because of hard systems engineering's inability to address the difficulties of mess management effectively. Hard systems imply systems are part of the world. Soft systems assume systems are a part of our understanding of the world. Checklin's work resulted in the development of soft operations research, which incorporated techniques such as optimization. Irvin Laszlo Irvin Laszlo was born in the Hungarian capital of Budapest on May 12, 1932. He's a Hungarian scientific philosopher, systems theorist, integral theorist, classical pianist, and advocate for quantum consciousness theory. His father was a cobbler. His mother was a pianist who taught him to play the piano. Laszlo made his debut with the Budapest Symphony Orchestra when he was nine years old. He was granted permission to leave Hungary after winning the grand prize in an international music competition in Geneva, and he embarked on a worldwide performing career that took him first to Europe and then to the United States. He immigrated to the United States after World War II. Laszlo received the State Doctorate in Philosophy and Human Sciences from the Sorbonne University in Paris, the highest honor in the fields of philosophy and humanities at the time. In addition, he was awarded the prestigious Artist Diploma from the Franz Liszt Academy in Budapest. He transitioned from music to a career as a scientist and humanist, giving presentations at universities all over the United States, including Yale and Princeton. He worked on a model of future world order while at Princeton, and he was later asked to submit a report to the Club of Rome, of which he was a member. He worked on global initiatives at the United Nations Institute for Training and Research, established at the request of the Secretary General in the late 1970s and early 1980s. He discovered the existence of the Akashic Field while researching. The Akashic Field is the concept of an interconnected cosmic field at the roots of reality that contains information preserved by the world's sages. All universal events that have ever occurred in the past, present, or future, and all thoughts and words that have ever occurred among them are included in the database. Science and the Akashic Field, an integral theory of everything, published in 2004, expresses his belief that the quantum vacuum is the underlying energy and information-carrying field that orients not only the current cosmos, but all universes past and present. The author says it is because of such an informational field that the universe appears to be fine-tuned, capable of producing galaxies and conscious life forms, and evolution does not happen at random. In 1984, Laszlo and some of his colleagues formed the initially covert General Evolutionary Research Group, 
The goal of this research group was to see if chaos theory could be used to find a new general theory of evolution that could lead to a more just and equitable world. Because of his positive experience with the Club of Rome, Laszlo founded the Club of Budapest in 1993. The mission of the Club of Budapest is facilitating and providing direction to a global shift toward a more peaceful, equitable, and sustainable world. He's also the president of the Laszlo Institute for New Paradigm Research and has served as president of the International Society for System Sciences. Laszlo has received honorary doctorates from several countries, including the United States, Canada, Finland, and Hungary. He was given various honors and awards, including the Goya Award, the Japan Peace Prize in 2001, the Assisi Mandir of Peace Prize in 2006, and nominations for the Nobel Peace Prize in 2004 and 2005. In addition, he received the Luxembourg Peace Prize in 2017. Laszlo was named one of the 100 most spiritual... Thanks for listening to VoiceOver Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? This episode has been brought to you by Newton Media Group. Check us out at newtonmg.com.